What the fuck is up? Welcome back. My name is Noah Hills. You can find me on Twitter at Noah More Parties. You can find my written work on running backs as well as my running back rankings for Debbie Leagues, Dynasty Leagues, and this rookie class at NoahMoreParties.com. And today's video is uh, sponsored by Dave's Hot Chicken, a high-risk, high-reward meal choice that had me, you know, feeling great beforehand, but afterwards comes the risk. It's what I'm feeling today, and Dave's Hot Chicken is the sponsor of today's video because today we're talking about another high-risk, high-reward option in this rookie running back class, and I'm not talking about Devon A-Chain. I'm not talking about Deuce Vaughn. Teams might think they're too small is true, contributes to some risk, but it's not interesting. We know that that's the case. They're small. Okay. I'm here to talk about players who could be really good at football, but also who might not be good at football, at least in the NFL. Honorable mention to Sean Tucker. Uh, he's got some boom-bust qualities to his game. On top of that, he's got this health thing. He had some medical exemption at the combine that caused him to not be able to participate. He made up his own combine where he ran 4-3 and jumped really high and did a bunch of bench press reps. But now he's going back to the back to Indianapolis to get re-medically examined. The, the Syracuse Pro Day was today. Uh, I'm filming this on Monday. Sean Tucker, as far as I know, unless I missed something, he also didn't participate at today's Pro Day. So that's another risky proposition with whatever's going on with Sean Tucker's health. Hopefully he's okay, but as far as we're concerned, that's that's a little risky. Also, honorable mention to Tank Bigsby. I made a video on him earlier in the offseason. You want my old shit? Buy my old albums. He's a risky player. And also, honorable mention to Zach Evans, a guy who I love, who is, uh, you know, controversial in this class. But who I'm really talking about today is Kendra Miller. Zach Evans' former teammate at TCU. I know Nick is a fanboy of Kendra Miller. I know Ray GQ is a fanboy of Kendra Miller. There's all sorts of Kendra Miller fanboys running around on YouTube, running around on Twitter. I'm tentatively a fan as well. Like, I get the appeal, but I think there are some significant red flags with Kendra Miller that aren't fully being appreciated in most of the analysis that I'm seeing. So let's get into it and uh, explore some of those. <laughs> First, though, let's look at the good things with Kendra Miller. I don't want to just shit on him in this video. I, that's not even how I feel. I don't feel like just shitting on Kendra Miller. I, I like him to a certain extent. So let's let's explore some of those things. First of all, he's what, like 5'11", 215. He's got good size for a running back. He was really productive last year on a very good TCU team. We like to see productivity, and we like to see productivity at legitimate programs having success. That's what Kendra Miller did last season. And then on the field, his breakaway conversion rate for his career, which measures how often uh, are you turning 10-yard runs into longer gains of like 20 yards or more. So you're reaching the open field. We're just measuring what you're doing in the open field. How often are you extending those runs deeper into the secondary? He did that 39.3% of the time, which is very good. That was over the course of his career. That's in the 86th percentile for historical running back prospects. So he's good and explosive in the open field, and he also broke a ton of tackles. His missed tackles forced per attempt, according to Pro Football Focus, 0.31. That's in the 93rd percentile. I believe that's the third highest in this class behind Dwayne McBride and Bijan Robinson. Or Roshan Johnson also broke a lot. Either way, it's in the 93rd percentile. It's very good, and it also jives with what I see from Miller on film. Um, I've been charting Physical interactions with defenders, essentially tackle attempts from defenders and noting whether they are 
uh, direct shots from the front or the side, whether they're like reaches with like a forearm, whether they're from defensive linemen, linebackers, defensive backs, all of these different factors. And from there, I can kind of quantify, you know, quantifiably measure which running backs in this class are the most successful at powering through contact in general. And Kendry Miller is awesome in that area. His ability to power through contact against defensive linemen grades out second in the class. Among like 14 guys that I've watched a significant amount of runs for, Kendry Miller's ability to power through tackle attempts from defensive linemen is second in the class. And it's three times as good as the class average. The class average is 0.16, which you don't need to know what that means, but Miller uh, scores 0.48 in that area, which isn't, I'm not assigning subjective numbers to this and then like averaging them out. I'm just noting what happens on each play and what happens has like a numerical value. So anyway, three times as good at that as the average running back in this class uh, against linebackers. He's fourth in this class up there with like a, a strong tier at the top. The average against linebackers is 0.2 for running backs in this class. And Miller is at 0.36. So nearly double the average running back in this class in terms of powering through contact from linebackers. And then against all players, doesn't matter what position they are, uh, he scored 0.48 compared to a class average of 0.3. So significantly better there. Once again, part of a strong tier at the top with like Evans, Charbonnet, McBride, like the other big, strong, well, okay, Zach Evans technically isn't big, but he he runs big and he's strong. Miller does also, he's part of a, a strong, powerful tier of runners at the top of this class, at least in this one area. He's also very patient. That's that's the last good thing I want to talk about. He's he's very patient. Part of my film study, I'm grading players in various like decision-making type categories on each play in the context of each play. Essentially, they get a grade of positive, neutral, or negative on each play. And those grades average out over the course of the entire sample. And according to those grades, Kendra Miller scores third, in the patience category on zone runs among the running backs that I've watched in this class, and second in the patience category on gap runs. So regardless of scheme, he's a patient runner, um, picks his spots well, generally. Um, I'll get to that in a second, but uh, let's just get to it now. Because now the bad. Um, First, that patience sometimes manifests itself counterproductively as like indecisiveness. So He's a patient runner. Sometimes he overdoes it a little bit. His decisiveness grade on zone concepts is 13th out of 13 guys, or 13 out of 14 guys in this class. His decisiveness on gap concepts, 8th out of 14 guys in this class. So below average in both areas. And so while he's patient, it doesn't always manifest itself positively on the field because sometimes he's too patient to the point where he's then indecisive and is either missing holes he should be hitting or is hitting holes too late and that turns into negative outcomes on his plays that could have been avoided. I also am not very impressed by his vision. He ranks 12th for me in those category or in the vision category on both gap and zone concepts. And just for like frame of reference, the positive to negative grade ratio among running backs in this class on gap concepts. So how often are you in the vision category alone? So how often are you displaying like positively productive vision on gap concepts versus how often are you exhibiting like negative vision? Like you made a mistake, you picked the wrong hole, you bailed on structure when you shouldn't have, things like that. The average for running backs in this class that I've watched so far is seven positive grades for every one negative grade. Most running backs are not fucking up regularly, at least relative to how often they're like coming up with creative solutions or identifying another lane that they could hit or, you know, whatever. Seven positive grades to every one 
negative grade. That's the class average. Kendra Miller has 1.88 positive grades for every negative grade. That's that's very bad. It's worst in the class by far. Uh, I don't think his vision's very good. I think he bails on structure too much, and I think, like, on zone concepts, he's not great at picking his spots. He's patient, sometimes manifests itself as indecisiveness, and I don't believe his vision is good. And his overall grades, at least from a decision-making standpoint, this is ignoring, like, what's he, what's he doing in the open field? This is at the line of scrimmage, in these various, like, decision-making soft skill categories. Kendry Miller ranks 13th out of 14 guys for me on zone concepts, and ninth out of 14 guys on gap concepts. Those poor poor soft skills at the line of scrimmage equals inconsistency on a down-to-down basis, and that's borne out in the numbers on top of being borne out in the film. His relative success rate, which measures how often is he producing positive outcomes on a down-to-down basis, given the down-and-distance situations he's carrying the ball in, given the box counts he's running into, and relative to what the same relative to what the other running backs on his team are doing in the same offensive environment. So a success on any given play is defined as gaining a requisite amount of yards given down a distance. So if it's first and 10 and you gain seven yards, that's a success. If it's third and 10 and you gain seven yards, that's a failure. If it's second and three and you gain four yards, that's great. If it's first and 10 and you gain four yards, that's bad. So there's all these different factors that go into what's a successful run, essentially using like EPA and things like that. But the minutia doesn't matter. That What matters is according to relative success rate, Kendra Miller was producing positive outcomes on his carries 1.1% less often than the other running backs at TCU were during his career. That's in the 26th percentile. Not great. You think a, you know, a, an exciting professional running back prospect. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
should be creating positive outcomes on his carries more often than the random dudes on his college team. And yeah, he played with Zach Evans, but A, lots of you hate Zach Evans. And B, Zach Evans famously missed a lot of games, uh, didn't touch the ball a ton at TCU. Like, Zach Evans' contribution to the other running backs at TCU during Kendry Miller's career is relatively small, given, like, the amount of, of carries he had. But regardless, Kendry Miller was not producing positive outcomes on a consistent rate relative to the other guys on his team. But, like, Brees Hall had a, had a similar issue, but he was efficient. Like, he was producing a lot on a per-carry basis. It just wasn't coming consistently. But that's not even true of Kendra Miller. His box-adjusted efficiency rating... Uh, which looks at similar to relative success rate, but it's like a, an efficiency stat. So it's not a rate stat. But given the given the box counts that you're seeing, how much is a carry worth from you versus how much is a carry worth from all the other guys on your team collectively? And it's communicated as a as a percentage, uh, above or below 100%. So Kendry Miller's career mark in box adjusted efficiency rating is 119%, which basically means that the average carry for Kendra Miller was worth 19% more yardage given the situations he's carrying the ball in than what other running backs at TCU produced. That's good. That's better than what they were doing. We like to see that. But relative to historical running back prospects, that's just in the 51st percentile. It's basically perfectly average relative to what other NFL players did on their college teams. So pretty blah. And last season was the only season in which Kendra Miller was the lead running back at TCU. He had like 230 carries last year, was the number one runner. His box adjusted efficiency rating last year, the only season in which he was the starting lead running back, was 108.5%, which again is more than what his teammates produced, obviously. But that's in the 25th percentile among historical running back prospects. That's not good. For a frame of reference, Tyrion Davis-Price, his career mark in box-adjusted efficiency rating, 110.4%. Tyler Beatty, his career mark in box-adjusted efficiency rating, 108%. That's the range that Kendra Miller is in here. Not overly impressive. And the only season in which Kendra Miller posted a box-adjusted efficiency rating above the 50th percentile was in 2021 when he was sharing time with Zach Evans, uh, had 83 carries, only 83 carries, which was third among running backs at TCU. His box adjusted efficiency rating that year was 150.8%. That is just stupid good. That would be one of the best all time if it was his career mark. Really, really good. But that season, A, low volume, B, not the lead back, C, he converted eight of his 12 chunk gains into breakaway runs that year. So he reached the secondary. He, he gained 10 or more yards on 12 of his 83 carries that year. And he converted eight of those 12 into breakaway runs of 20 yards or more. That's a 66.7% breakaway conversion rate, which is just absolutely ridiculous. The average for NFL, like guys who've been drafted into the league, what they did in college for their careers the average is 31%. So the average NFL quality running back converts 31% of his 10-yard runs into 20-yard runs in college. In 2021, Kendra Miller did that 66.7% of the time, more than double the average rate. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but the point is that it's like unsustainably high. He gained 45% of his total yards in the open field that year, which would be like nobody in the in this running back class in the 2023 class, nobody in the 2023 class gained more than 40.5% of their total yardage in the open field last season. And Kendra Miller gained 45, almost half of his yardage came beyond 
10 yards from the line of scrimmage in 2021, which is the only season in which his efficiency was impressive. So basically, he's a poor decision maker at the line of scrimmage, borne out both in the analytical numbers, like the, like the advanced rushing efficiency metrics, and the film. So he's a poor decision maker at the line of scrimmage. He's never produced positive outcomes at a consistent rate relative to what other backs on his teams have produced. And the only season in which he posted impressive per carry efficiency numbers was the season in which he was unsustainably awesome in the open field on very low volume. Otherwise, his efficiency numbers were never good. Like he just has never produced efficiently in, you know, relative to like NFL quality backs ever in his career, except for the season in which he was stupidly, unsustainably good in the open field. That's not a great mix of factors. You know, you could, you could talk yourself into a guy like that if they were super athletic, like breaking a lot of tackles, good in the open field. We could buy into that a little bit if the guy is super athletic, because those are things that translate with athleticism. If you're, if the things you're good at are breaking tackles and making things happen in the open field, it's probably because you're enjoying some sort of like physical or athletic advantage over the guys you're playing with, especially if you're not producing positive outcomes on a consistent like per carry basis. So that speaks to soft skills where like missed tackles forced, open field running speaks to athleticism, physicality, grit, things like that. So if, if those are your traits and that's the way you win on the field, we can sort of buy into that if you're super athletic. But A, we're not going to get to see if Kendra Miller is indeed super athletic because he was hurt at the combine uh, and he's still going to be hurt by the time his pro... Like he, we're probably just not going to get athletic testing numbers, which makes it a little bit harder to buy in. And B, we've seen guys in the past get their work scaled back for similar issues that Miller has, even when they're super athletic, like, like Antonio Gibson has great size, six foot one, nearly 230 pounds. He's a freak athlete. He ran sub four, four in the 40 yard dash on low volume as, you know, kind of like a part-time running back in college. He has the highest missed tackles force per attempt rate of any running back in my entire database. And it's not even close. Uh, I think Bijan Robinson is number one all time in this metric among like guys who legitimately played running back in college at like 0.36 missed tackles forced per attempt. Antonio Gibson on like 95 carries total in his college career, 0.48 missed tackles forced per attempt. So ridiculous rate of breaking tackles in college. So this is a, a beast athlete with good size who on low volume was breaking a ton of tackles. Washington prefers to deploy Gibson as like the one B in their backfield as like a space back alongside a more reliable inside runner in their current guy in Brian Robinson. And that's because Antonio Gibson, despite being big and athletic and being able to break tackles and having open field juice, he lacks technical skill and is inconsistent in a lot of the like small but important aspects of playing running back. Not a great pass blocker, fumbles, not a lot of like nuance and, and you know, development to his game at the line of scrimmage through no fault of his own, really. Like this isn't me shitting on Antonio Gibson. He just didn't play running back in college, still learning the position now. But the reality is like you can't put that guy on the field as your number or not that you can't. Many NFL teams do not want to put a guy like that on the field as they're like, RB1 because he's going to fuck up more than they can, more than they like would like him to more than they can, they can stomach really. And so they put him on the field on third downs and throw him swing passes and give him, get him in space and let him do things that are like conducive to his skill set because he has a valuable skill set. But the other things they're going to find a running back who's like consistent and reliable and dependable and is not going to screw up in Brian Robinson. We don't have proof of Miller being the athlete that Gibson is. He might be, I don't know, 
But we don't have any proof of that. And he definitely doesn't have the like dynamic receiving chops that Gibson has that are what keeps Gibson on the field, the athleticism, the receiving chops. We don't have any evidence of Miller having either of those things. Well, not not any evidence. We don't have objective tested athleticism that indicates that Miller is that level of athlete, and he didn't catch the ball like that in college at all. It's not like he has to be Antonio Gibson, but Antonio Gibson is a good example of a guy that has similar issues and similar strengths and still doesn't you know, like earn work at the level that we would like him to. So how can we expect a guy without the definites that Gibson has getting a lot of work in the NFL with the issues that Kendra Miller has? I think that's that's my main point. Like the ceiling is there because he breaks a ton of tackles. Like he's so good at breaking tackles. He just squeezes every possible inch out of every carry from the point of contact because he's a tough physical runner. So the ceiling is there for him to be like a Marion Barber, an Alex Collins type guy as like a short-term starter similar to Antonio Gibson, short-term starter, or like a 1B in a backfield. Like, I I wouldn't be shocked to see that. But I think, like, irrelevance, fantasy irrelevance, NFL irrelevance, perhaps, is a much greater possibility for Kendra Miller than it would seem based on the enthusiasm that I see, like, on Twitter and elsewhere in uh, in the dynasty and, like, scouting spaces. So there it is. Kendra Miller, the Dave's hot chicken of this running back class. Thanks for watching. Hit, uh, hit like, hit subscribe, and I will see you on Saturday. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.